The following meeting has been approved for audiences to wake up and think clearly by the Clear Thinkers Association of America, Inc. The film advertised has been rated WUTC. Wake up, think clearly. Thank you. Wake up, think clearly. That's the rating. Why? Because some material may be inappropriate for the childish mind or the closed-minded. The closed-minded may be cracked open. Cordial thought-provoking discussion. Wisdom and compassion may develop. Visit wakeupandthinkclearly.org or Buddhism for Happiness to learn more. That's Buddhism, the number four, happiness, dot site. Hello? Welcome, friends, enemies, kind mothers, who else, everyone else, to yet another Saturday morning Zoom meeting to have deep conversation with brilliant minds. David Norton. We have David Norton in the house. Hi, Ro. How are you doing this morning? Fine, and you? Still alive. <laughs> I uh, I misunderstood your premiere meeting or premiere last night. But I did go to it. Oh, great! You're world famous. Yeah, right. Hey, you know, do you edit these things or what? I edit it, yeah. You know, sometimes you ought to take some of the garbage out of it, you know, like when everybody's coming into the meeting and all that other stuff, you know, because people, if they turn that on and just see that, I think they turn it off right away. Mm. Well, you're probably better to take and eliminate some of that stuff and delete it and then move to the, you know, where we actually start asking questions and things, you know what I mean? Yes. You know how to do that? Luis. Yes. Luis. Luis. You're muted, Luis. 
<laughs> what is that? Some kind of Hindu sign or Buddha sign? <laughs> He's going to unmute himself. Oh. <laughs> wow, this is All great. right. I need more coffee. I couldn't unmute myself. This group I has guess, huh? 11 recipients. How are you guys doing? Happy Saturday. Hey, how are you doing there, Luis? I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. <laughs> I see that. You already have a topic going before we even start. Well, actually, it was uh, Heido who asked the question there. And of course, it's a, such a wonderful question. You know, how can you be a mathematician if you're not a mathematician? <laughs> you know? Well, the thing is, everybody, to some degree, I think, is a mathematician, don't you? I mean, it's almost a requirement. That is correct. It's one of the basic... That uh, is correct. It's one of the basic uh, functions of language. Knowing so, how to, it, excellent, how to, excellent point there, David. So, enlightenment, is it like a, a line in the sand, or is it a function to infinity? Where do you consider yourself enlightened? You know, at the mosquito level, at the great thinker level, at a very wound, uh, sainthood level. I mean, what, where, where is that? And uh, so that brings another question. Who's to say? Who's to say? Yeah, right. you, know, you can consider yourself, uh, you know, rather enlightened. And then somebody else on the other side goes, well, I think, uh, you know, I am more enlightened. What does that mean? You know, well, to me, it really means nothing, you know, because to me, I really don't look at myself as being enlightened when I get up in the morning. It's not applicable. It, hey, it's let me not think applicable. about how enlightened I am this morning. <laughs> I get up and I'm thinking about, oh man, should I get up and make coffee or do I have some coffee left from yesterday, you know? See, see how, I mean, this already just brings so many perspectives, so many questions and relevant questions. You know, what are you thinking about? What are you looking at? Uh, what, what are your goals? Uh, how do you feel? Because at the end of the day, it's like, how, how do you feel? And, and, you know, how can you describe what you, how you feel and what you feel versus what I feel and how I, you know, and how can we put words to it, descriptions? Okay, and that's a good idea. Let's take and go around and share with each other, okay, what's been on our mind, what we've been processing on our mind this past week, because we Saturday to Saturday. And obviously, I mean, there's things that you think about and stuff that, you know, cross your mind that uh, is good to verbalize. And this is a good way to do it. We could take turns doing it, you know? And if yes. you want to go first, uh, you know, go ahead, Luis. Well, this this week has been, uh, you know, I, you know, <laughs> so what have you done all week? Well, I've been working. I work 50 hours a week. Um, 50 hours a week. But, you know, do I want to talk about that? Uh, I can I can say the week was rather uh, rather challenging. But it was was there something during the week that really sort of popped out that made you think about it? Uh, this this type of questions. What? The, uh, what? I'm sorry. What was that question again? I say, was there something in this past week that really made you think about 
some kind of uh, enlightenment or um, <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, something. I, did you study yeah. something? Did you read an article? Did you hear something at work? Did you have a conversation with somebody at um, yes. At your so work? that's <laughs> not, that's me anymore. You know, people will ask somebody else, "Do you meditate?" I say, "Yeah, you know, I meditate three times a week, twenty uh, minutes." But if you ask me, "Do you meditate?" I would say I'm a walking meditation. I can't I can't stop meditating anymore. See, I like so that too. I I can't I can't stop thinking about these subjects. <clears throat> so the whole week I've been reading, listening, and studying. And <clears throat> the the highlight would be I started reading a book by uh, Colin Wilson. I never heard about him in my life. Never heard him of him, you know, in my life. Apparently, a guy, Colin Wilson, was a, a young writer, an outsider. He he wrote the book The Outsider in 1950. How long was it? 1956, I think it was somewhere around there. An obscure guy. He was 25 when he when he when he wrote it and he published it and it became a, a bestseller, The Outsider. This guy, uh, I immediately. Uh, saw something about him. I don't know how I found him. Actually, I think I found him by uh, on LinkedIn. Somebody mentioned something or someone. I don't know. Either the book or the guy. So immediately I became interested. Very curious anymore. Anything that I hear that I don't know about, boom! I, I'm already all over it. I Google like crazy until I can. I go to the bottom of it. So very interesting character. Very young guy who wrote a book, made him famous overnight. Uh, And it happens to be a phenomenal deep thinker, and I've been uh, immersed in his uh, interviews and a few things that he has. Uh, he's written a lot. A lot of the stuff he wrote is not interesting to me, but uh, some of the things he wrote were very interesting to me. And I discovered a book by him called *The New uh, Existentialism*. New Existentialism. Uh, by this guy Colin Wilson, and I am in the in the thick of it. It's a, it's a, it's a absolutely beautiful. It uh, it helps me verbalize concepts and ideas that I already have in my mind. When I try to explain to people that ask existential questions or questions about their life and why why this why that, and and. Uh, In my website, you know that I have this transversal, transversal kind of perspective, looking at things from different different ways. Two basic, two basic perspectives, which is the conventional perspective: wake up in the morning, make coffee, go to work, pay the bills, change the tires, <clears throat> see what's going on in the news, and then the non-conventional perspective, which is what we. Try to talk about here, which is kind of a what's right, what's wrong, what's beautiful, what's not. How does it feel to me? You know, what is what is it to be or not to be? And uh, this this guy, in some of the stuff that I read in his book, is just absolutely beautiful. He he makes comparisons in the Second World War, the bomber bomber uh, British bombers. Needed to destroy some some um, structures, and they had to be at a right altitude to do so. 
and they didn't know how to how to precisely measure the distance from the floor. At that time, they didn't have the, the accurate equipment, of course. And, and somebody came up with the idea of having two beams of light, one in the, in the nose of the plane, the other one in the tail, just shining light at a certain angle. <laughs> so they would make a triangle. And of course, knowing the length of the plane and the angle, they would know the height of the triangle. So when the two beams of light, uh, when the plane was too high, there were two dots on the, on the floor. But when it was at the right uh, altitude, they would connect into one dot. This imagery that he gives in that book is precisely what I describe when I say conventional and not conventional perspective. Two views, two different beams of light looking at the same object, which is the, the ground. And through those two perspectives, one knows another thing. So that's my week, in a, in a word. As I've been, you know, besides working 50 hours and putting <laughs> out many fires, you know, working the, the problems of, uh, you know, problems with customers, technical things that need to be solved, solved uh, office problems, uh, internal politics, HR issues. My well, boss going crazy. That's a great perspective, you know, because what it does, it causes you to think, and I, I know you think think in a, in a broad way, of how life is like that, too, where you take and measure things by different angles and look at it in different ways, you know. It almost is sort of uh, similar to what maybe myself I've experienced this past week, in that uh, earlier on in the week, I came across this video uh, called Plandemic. And it's really was a video about what is happening right now with the coronavirus and also with what is happening in the medical industry, you know. And the, the, the movie or the, you know, the film or documentary, documentation of it was like an hour and 15 minutes. It was very long. But I watched the whole thing, you know. And I thought to myself, well, I sent a link to Hiro and also Rami I didn't have your email, I would have sent one to you as well. And um, the thing is, I asked mm -hmm. them to respond to what they thought of that particular, um, you know, pr production. And one of the things that I noticed, and, and I told them up front, that the thing is, when you watch this thing, you know, the thing is that because of what's happening in our society, it may be something you don't want to watch, because sometimes when we're confronting truth, things that exist we find it very offensive and we sort of back away from it until we think about it a little bit and then engage in it but one of the comments that Hiro made that sort of fascinated me was the thing is that the video was made and it's not accepted in our society so right away YouTube banned this um this video but mm -hmm. there is a site that's available now on there's several sites that are available now that people can take and publish to that yeah. people can go to and take and, and look at all these different things. It's Everything YouTube, finds a way, yes. Huh? They'll find a way one way or another. If it's not YouTube, it'll be something else. Yeah, right, right. There's uh, several uh, different ones. But anyway, one of the responses that I got back from, from Hiro that made me think a little bit about it was that he made a comment to the effect that the place where it was located on the internet 
was a conspiracy site, you know. And the thing is, I stop and I think to myself, uh, you know, when you're looking at conspiracies, conspiracy is a perspective in itself of something that a person really does not agree with, you know, it's not in their agreement. And what's, what's really ironic about this whole thing is that it had in there um, Nancy Pelosi. And what I did is I went back and I, as a matter of fact, I'll put it up on the thing here so you can take a look at it. Because it was so long, I didn't take and I thought it was, you know, sort of terrible to sit through this whole thing if somebody's not interested in it. So what I did is I went back and took a clip out of it. Um, and I, I clipped it's only like a seven minute video. So it shortens everything down to the real substance. And what it is, that seven minute clip is a, really telling people how to commit a commit conspiracy, you know, mm -hmm. because it's about how the uh, news media today uh, mirrors, you know, different falsehoods onto the television, internet, and in the way that we live, sort of like a brainwashing of people. And then also the thing is, because there's such a divide between the political parties in today's world, okay, Nancy Pelosi, I didn't know that she, you know, they come across like they're really dumb, you know, but they're not at all. And the thing is, she gave actually the formula that the Democrats use to take and publish, um, you know, publish their, their words, you know, and she placed it out there. And as a matter of fact, I can put it on there because it's only like four or five sentences long, you know, but it made me think. And then I start to process, you know, how this works in our society and also how it takes and controls the minds of people. And because that's, that's the object of uh, politics period. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the thing is you have two different sides but um, the actual agenda for the Democrats is really the policy of con mind control. And the thing is that this here little clip showed how they're doing it, you know, mm. through the media. And I thought, but the thing is the whole story itself is an hour and 15 minutes long. And it goes back to the beginning of where this started with John D. Rockefeller back in the turn of the century around 1910. And the thing is when I watched the whole thing, I'm looking at my life and seeing all the different things that I've experienced. And I can see where all this stuff is very, very true. And the thing is, and it brings forward to the point of what this whole thing is about today that we're all experiencing, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I found it very, very fascinating. Well, when you have a chance, maybe you can share that with me. Uh, Heido, there was a person that, that sent a uh, text to the uh, collective uh, text and it was a seven eight six uh, uh area code i think it was and it was asking or she was asking seven eight six nine four two seven eight eight five and it says hello guys good morning i have none of these numbers saved and i have no idea how i got included in this chat <laughs> who is this I think uh, I don't have well, that I, number uh, either. I so you need to watch. I removed her. You removed her? You don't know who she is? Yeah, but uh, oh. uh, somehow I, uh, a bunch of people got added, but I removed her. Uh, so now there's only four, supposedly. 
Okay. Okay. All right. Anyway, oh, I thought somebody. Up Eleven. I don't know. I thought somebody was interested in joining, and uh, I'm I was trying sure. to remove the people, and I and I uh, haven't figured out how to remove them, or I, I remove them, uh, and then and then I hit done, and they and they go go back. All right. So, what about you, Heido? Uh, what uh, what has uh, tickled your fancy this week? Hmm. Uh, uh, I've been doing a lot of things, and there, there's uh, there's a a a meeting in in uh, I'm not sure where it, where it's at. I think it's com made up of several meet meetups, but uh, they had one, and they're having one each Wednesday, and and they're going through uh, this uh, ism called col collectivism. Who is? Where's it at, Iro? Have you heard of the word? No, 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 not collectivism. Uh, comprehensivism. Have you ever heard of comprehensivism? Yes, yeah, what everybody comprehends. <laughs> Your perspective. <laughs> It's, um, Everybody's got one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so they're going to have a meetup on this? Uh, let's see if I can uh, pull it up. Com hmm. Com no. uh, Let's see. The, oh, and, the establishment uh, of a specialty called a comprehensive, comprehensive care physician or comprehensivist could overcome that problem. It's a, uh, no, there's see. nothing there. Uh, or a comprehensive. There's a, a, so meet, a meetup called uh, 52 Living Ideas. And I think there's more than that. <laughs> That's the name but, of the of the meetup, yeah, and they you know, have a they have a a meetup every Wednesday, and well, they have other meetups, but but the one on Wednesday is uh, is being dedicated to a series of of meetups on comprehensivism, and and so uh, I I I uh, so let's, showed let's up, set. I showed up for the. The when the this last Wednesday, and and uh, let's see, let's see if I can find it. Mm -mm. Well, while you do that, I will read the uh, definition or the uh, etymology of the of the word comprehensive, containing much in comparatively small limits. Oh, here it is. Sixteen tens from French comprehensif, from late Latin comprehensivus from comprehense, past particle stem of Latin comprehere, to take together, to unite, to include, to comprehend, perceive. Oh. To seize or take in the mind, from con, together, uh, prendere, to catch hold of seize. So take things and put them together. So, so these... the comprehensiveness would be like inclusiveness, uh, making sure that you take everything in consideration before you do an action or you you make a decision, I would, I would propose the uh, the uh, 
parallel idea of consilience, which means to uh, look at all that thing from many different perspectives, because now you have a lot of things glued together that at first sight may be non-cohesive. Um, so comprehensiveness would be an action or an endeavor to include a lot of things into one big thing. Now, to do what or to think what or to understand what, that I don't know. Mm. But comprehensiveness has to do with individuality, I believe, where it's an individual understanding, you know, that the person does exactly like you say, brings all these things together in order to comprehend. I mean, yep. the thing is, when we put all of our senses together and whatever and come to a conclusion of something, it's our comprehension. Yeah, comprehend in English is translated into Spanish comprender, which again, is translated back into English as understanding. Apprehend, right. apprehend is translated to Spanish as aprender, which is translated back into English as to learn. So yeah. understand, learn, you know, put things together. That's the comprehension. Okay. Uh, so can I uh, share with you? Are you seeing what I'm sharing? Yeah, yeah. there's an article there with a picture in black and white. Uh, yeah, um, I'm sharing uh, the meetup. Uh, do you see meetup? Uh, hold on a second. Yeah, it says Wednesday, August the 12th. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's the one I attended. And, and the, uh, it's hosted by Shrikant. And, C, uh, and this, uh, this past Wednesday was with CJ Fearn Fernley. 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 Yeah. And but, but Srikant is, is the regular host. Quite clearly, our task is predominantly metaphysical, for it is how to get of all of humanity to educate itself swiftly, enough to generate spontaneous social behaviors that will avoid extinction. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> By uh, but, Bucks, Buckminster Fuller. And... Uh, so uh, this guy Shrikant is is more like uh, into uh, psychological stuff like uh, uh, med meditation, psychology, Carl Jung, and things like that. But C.J. Farley Fernley is more like a Buckminster guy, like more into uh, science and technology. But uh, so so he's more knowledgeable on that, and so. Uh, since July 15th, they, they've been having uh, uh, every Wednesday a, uh, a session on uh, comprehensivism. So July 15th was Why Be a Comprehensivist? And you can watch the YouTube video. And then uh, July, I haven't seen it. And then July 22nd, another one on comprehensivism. July 29th, so August uh, he hasn't uploaded the the ones mm -hmm. before or or August twelfth yet or so far or maybe he has. But uh, he, uh, a lot of people showed up and and I showed up and um, but uh, the 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 guy that presented it uh, put his notes up so you click on here and and he uh, shows what he was going to cover. 
the necessities and impossibilities of comprehensivism. And, and so it talks about, at first, what, why is it necessary to have comprehensivism? And then the impossibilities, why it's, it's, it's impossible to have it. I guess uh, comprehensivism is kind of like omniscience. You, you can't really be able to know everything. Well, wait, 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 wait. Or it's, it's kind of like... Uh, be, be, beware of that uh, word, omniscience. Uh, because you can look at it both ways. Is omniscience knowing everything? Or is omniscience knowing the nature, the essence of anything and everything? So you cannot know everything, obviously, because reality is infinite and eternal. So you could be finding new things, new phenomena, mm. new relationships with phenomena, new laws, new everything. Right now, we know only about 5% of the universe because the, the, other, the, the rest, the 20% and the other 70% or whatever the, the math uh, adds up to 100 is unknown to us. We, we don't know about the dark matter and we don't know about the dark energy. So we know only about the phenomenal side of, of uh, uh, reality, which is the, the 5% plus the 20% because... Uh, uh, when I say phenomenal, I, I say something that you can measure, you can you can kind of infer, but uh, actually, well, I take that back because even dark energy, you can infer it because it's what's pushing it's what's pushing uh, uh, the the galaxies apart. So empty space comes between galaxies all the time, and the farther they are away from us, the the, the the, the the faster they move away from us so it's it's just a really uh, ri ridiculous but uh, so i would uh, say that omniscience cannot be to know everything because it's impossible although you can know a lot but i would contend or propose that omniscience is to know the nature of anything which is the ultimate knowledge just like hey no matter what it is no matter where where it is no matter what it looks like or what it feels like I know the very qualities, the essence of that phenomenon, whether it is mental, material, spiritual, uh, whatever. Well, in, in, in this case, uh, I get the sense that what they mean by comprehensivism is, is, is knowing enough of, of everything and not, include, not excluding anything in, in enough so that we, we are better able to... Uh, uh, to handle everything, so that includes uh, knowing all the all the traditions of of, of humanity, and and so uh, here it says humanity's great traditions. So that does that doesn't only just include like uh, spiritual traditions, but but scientific traditions, like so being able to to have. Uh, to be able to digest everything and and not exclude anything even even traditions that might be considered shamanic or even e even evil traditions like like uh, nazism even though we uh, uh, the guy mentioned it, that we he'd hoped that it would uh, not not have such a prominence or something <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it, evil encompass everything and 
in, uh, all human knowledge, but but not to know it all omnisciently, but but to be able to maybe have Google access to it, and and I guess we're we're heading that way because 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 like uh, Luis uh, showed that he wanted to know who Colin Wilson was, and so he he Googled enough to get an idea. So so we have that access, but but uh, but uh, but it's comprehensive is is trying to to uh, i don't know if if uh, if it's certain people that that are are qualified to be comprehensivists or maybe it's the the attitude that that we should strive towards comprehensivism but then there's a it's it's an impossibility or it's it's a dream because of uh different things like analysis paralysis like me, maybe we tend to analyze things too much or value paralysis or paralysis of holism or how to integrate all these things. Yeah. And at the end of the day, also good question is, is when you comprehend and you integrate and you, you do all those uh, consilient exercises of the mind to make sense of being, if you want to call it, uh, at the end of the day, it has to be a practical exercise. You cannot think uh, wisely and act like an idiot. <laughs> you, you know, you can't just stay in the world of ideas out there and just do nothing practical with it. So that's why the conventional and the transcendental have to m marry somewhere in the middle mm -hmm. to give us uh, practical mm -hmm. solutions for good, happy, and, and beautiful life. Since, here it says, since it is impossible for any one person to understand all of humanity's accumulated knowing and doing, comprehensivism may seem unachievable. The idea is that our individual and collective effectiveness in understanding the vital issues of our times will be improved through the dynamics of groups of people effectively exploring many different topics as broadly and deeply as possible like we do here in this group. Yeah, but don't oh, you think that happens today? I mean, the over an extended period of time. You have so many different groups and that study that have different interests, uh, religious ways, uh, scientific ways. But the only thing is, for some reason, they can't come together. You know, I go back to this thing with the coronavirus and the hydroxychloroquine. I mean, the thing is, this is so, and there's been others too now. They, they found that other, there's other, you know, inexpensive herbal remedies that take and actually, you know, cure this thing. But the thing is, it's being suppressed. And the thing is, when it's not out in the open where people can freely discuss it and analyze it um, because of um, political pressure, then the thing is, there's no way that you can take and have an open society to be able to investigate all these different areas that may have an impact upon your life. The thing is, it becomes like uh, that. This is one of the worst things in society and within mankind. People become so focused upon the things that they like and the things that they do that they can't see beyond that. You know, I, I like what Louise said earlier about, uh, I think it was omnipresence and omniscience or something to the fact that, you know, there's the thing where you're actually experiencing it on one hand and the other maybe just observing it. And you there's an essence there that you have to really be part of to really appreciate things. And um, I don't know, I, I, I think that that exists too. 
<laughs> just rambling. What is comprehensivism? Comprehensivism, according to uh, this uh, CJ Fernley, his, his blog or whatever on it, it, he says it is a facility in questioning and conceptualizing, interpreting, and acting to build a multi-perspective yet integrating understanding of the world, how it works and how it changes. It implies developing a large set of subjects about which one can effectively inquire, contextualize, interpret, and assess, and creatively reimagine and recombine for meaningful insights in the forging of new possibilities. It entails developing a faculty for helping self and others build a broad range of interests and concerns, comprehensive knowledge and skills. That is a faculty for comprehensivism, awareness, and competency. But it involves recognizes its inherent pathologies, including analysis paralysis and endless accumulation of information, value paralysis, and unrestrained accommodation of everyone's values and paralysis of holism and unlimited expansion of the whole. So it requires cultivating judgment to stay incisively relevant. Hmm. What do you think? I think he's right on there. I mean, I like, I love the description of what he's saying for comprehensionism. The thing is, um, there's several other ways, ways to say the same thing and, you know, you know, I mean, the thing is, unfortunately, our English language is so broad and huge, it encompasses <coughs> many, many different languages. So, you know. Uh, oh, but it doesn't involve comprehension. It brought, it, it brought, involves comprehensiveness. Like yeah. to, to be able to broaden your horizon, not, not to just understand something. You comprehend oh, something. It means to comprehend everything, like to to not limit yourself to your uh, right. to your skill so, so, set or to okay. your so, set. So comprehensivism would be like super perspectivism, where you yes. understand everything from all angles. Yes. So you're not tied to, to any. So and that you, we go back to uh, Nietzsche, in this he is the one who coined this this word, super perspectivism. Like he coined the Obermensch, uh, the the Superman, and, and so this over here is telling us that when whatever we know, we should know it from a multiplicity of perspectives. You can, and I go back to Wilson, who says you cannot understand an object if you don't see it from different uh, scientific perspectives, from different ways of looking at it. If you look at divorce, for example, or gay marriage, from one perspective, which is I don't know the uh, the old-fashioned uh, religious, uh, you know, uh, very very strict uh, rules of engagement, it's a bad thing. It's a destruction of uh, you know uh, morality and the human race and society as we know it. But if you look at it from a different perspective, humanistic, uh, you know, two people loving each other, whatever they are, who they are, and, you know, if that, it, it, then you go, well, it's not so bad from that perspective. So right. the, the real freedom of the mind is to free itself from its own, uh, its own biases and to be able to say, okay, I understand, I can comprehend 
anything from any perspective. And then nothing Mike. bothers one. Right. Mike's in the house. Mike. Welcome, Mike. Wow. What Mike is this? What Mike a great Taylor? surprise. Or Mike uh, or Mike let's see. Mike McKenna. Chicago. Mike McKenna. I'm not sure if, if I should pronounce the, 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 the name McKenna or McKenna. I'm never sure about that. But Luis, you, you mentioned Wilson. Is that, uh, which Wilson e is that? E.O. E Wilson, Wilson of Consilience? Yes. Not, not Colin Wilson. But if you, if you read Colin Wilson, he's telling you the same thing too. Because <laughs> he's, he's talking about a new existentialism and he, and he goes into you know, what makes sense in, in living. And he is super perspective. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so uh, Colin Wilson uh, doesn't mention E.O. Wilson, but they are somehow looking at things with this super perspectivism that frees the mind from its own biases, its own shackles. A mind that does not understand something is somehow shackled to some perspective that doesn't allow it to understand that object from another perspective. So a perspective in reality is a shackle. But if you have many, many, many perspectives and you jump from one to the other, it's like a monkey that's never uh, stuck on a branch. She can, you can jump anywhere, anytime and, and become free. Free of the branch, free of the perspective, freedom free of, of the bias, thought. freedom of thought. But it's freedom of thought from thought. When you think about it, the true, the true freedom of the mind is to free itself from itself. And yeah. here I recommend reading the most beautiful sutra that I have found in the Buddha, Buddhist teachings, which is the, uh, and I've, I've mentioned this to you, uh, Haido, a thousand times, the Kula Sunyata Sutta, which is the meditation on emptiness in which they describe the different, the different levels of concentration of the mind, the deep meditation, and you go into the different, uh, different uh, breaking down of things and ideas and phenomena. So it's like seeing through things, like a X-ray. A mind becomes mm -hmm. an X-ray and sees through everything. And ultimately, it sees through itself. So the X-ray sees itself, you know, through itself. And of course, what is left after the mind sees through itself, what, 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 you've, you've looked at things, you've looked at relationship with things, you, you've looked at your own ideas regarding things, you've, you've dispelled all your perspectives, and now you're dispelling, it's the mind itself, you're dispelling yourself, you are just freeing yourself from yourself. You go through like a, the, the rabbit hole. Your mind is a rabbit hole that has no end. There's no beginning and no end. So you see yourself as the whole of reality, which I always contend has no beginning and no end. It has the phenomenal, the non-phenomenal, but there's no way in or out of the, the rabbit hole. And of course, because reality cannot see itself, but through a very complex mind, such as the human mind, um, it is an exercise of reality seeing itself from the alpha and the omega and putting them together and going, okay, they are the same. 
So it's a beautiful exercise in super perspectivism that frees you. And, and that's where the Four Noble Truths come in and go, this frees you from mental anguish. Because you're not afraid of anything anymore. You're not afraid of having. You're not afraid of not having. You're not afraid of uh, uh, being here, being there, being under a bridge, not having to, it, it doesn't matter. You're not afraid of disease. You're not afraid of death. You've never afraid of not being, not being recognized, being left alone, falling apart. You are free from fear, anxiety, doubt. You are like reality look at it, looking at itself in its, in its splendor because now you become the whole universe. It's not me, me, me in this sack of uh, uh, water and minerals. You are absolutely free of your own mind, your own psyche. It's just, you're gone. And how do they describe the, uh, the Buddha? Cairo, you've heard that many times. Gate, gate, paragate. Gone, gone. The one thus gone, completely gone. Gate, gate, paragate. Gone, gone, absolutely gone beyond going. It, and this is a, a freedom that is absolutely psychological because you're still in the same place. You're still driving a car on I-4 while you're thinking like this. So this is meta freedom because you, you transcend anything that you look at, anything you see, the very concept of knowing that you are seeing, the comprehension of reality now comprehends itself and just breaks it down to everything and nothing at the same time. It, it is absolutely, absolutely indescribable in a sense, because I could talk about this, you know, for hours using different comparisons and different things, but until you experience it, you just, it's just a concept. It's just an idea. It's very, very, the reason why most human beings don't go the rabbit uh, inside the rabbit hole because they don't know what they're getting into. The rabbit hole is dark. It's you're going inside, you're introspecting. So you don't know what you're going to find in there. Um, so that's why when people start asking existential questions or you know, things about the good and the bad and the beautiful and the ugly, and what does this mean? They just, they know there's the chasm there, the void, uh, Nietzsche describes that very well. He says, when you look into, uh, into the void long enough, the void looks back at you. <laughs> so, and it's like a, you go into the closet and the closet is looking at you. So we are afraid, like little kids, we're afraid of discovering this depth that we have inside because we feel like once we go in there, we're going to fall. We're going to fall into the darkest nihilism, the, the darkest desperation. It's like nothing makes sense. Even my mind is fake. Even my mind is fickle. It's, it's just a, like a, like a self-gaslighting, uh, self, uh, you know? So a lot of people are very, very afraid of that. But at some point, desperation in our lives makes us just say, I'm going to jump in there and see what the hell is going on. I want to see what I find in that, uh, in the void, in the nothing, in the zero Kelvin. What the hell is going on there? 
and it, it, we are pushed by des uh, existential desperation. We just doesn't nothing make any sense. We just want to. We just want out. A lot of people just want out. They don't want to live anymore. They would rather just not be. But of course, our homeostatic uh, uh, survival instinct makes us say, "No, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to go there." Because we know, or at least we interpret, that death is also zero. The darkness, the closet. When the reality. Hey, what? Go ahead. That word, what was that word that you used? Homeostatic. Homeostatic. Uh, homeo is same, and static is uh, uh, status. So same status, no change. Homeostasis is our body. Our body wants to maintain the proper temperature. Wants to maintain the proper liquids. Wants to maintain the proper hormones. Everything is like, if you had like a console and you looked at your body, your your uh, uh, metabolic processes metabolism you would see that everything is constantly finding the equilibrium the balance we want to stay balanced and that's homeostasis just boom we the body is like a, a machine a biological machine that through the dna the programming over millions of years of evolution is a machine that once it's born wants to stay stays just like it is and it has an evolutionary thing. We are born as a, you know, we are a fetus, we are a cell, and then we subdivide. Every cell knows what it's doing. It's just like hardwired and, and uh, uh, programming. And then, you know, we become older and then we die. That's the, the regular process of a, of, a, of a human being, just like it is the process of any other cellular uh, uh, thing. Uh, of course, we have discovered that if in the proper conditions, the body, instead of living 20 years or 25 years or 35 or 40, can live 70, 80, 90, 100 years, 120 years. With the proper, with the proper uh, factors, a human body can last maybe a couple of hundred years. I don't know. I think the oldest person was somewhere in the 130 or something like that. But, okay, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. But... That is done through homeostasis, homeostasis, I think the, the, the proper homeostasis. That means that the system is self-regulating. And it, it finds that uh, uh, equilibrium, that uh, balance in everything in our body. Our body is absolutely complex. If you look at the, the board that describes our uh, metabolism, how we eat, how we poop, how we get uh, uh, the nutrients from the food that we, you know, digestion and then, uh, you know, all, all the mastication and the, you know, breaking down with enzymes in our saliva and then it goes in there and then the acid breaks it down more and then it goes into the, to the, the, uh, 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 the intestine, the, the small intestine, that's where we get most of the nutrients through, you know, the little cells and it has like a, it has like a forest, you know, when you look at the at the corals in the sea, and they're there moving left and right, and they're just grabbing stuff that is in the water. Our 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 small intestine is like that. You know, it has little waves and things, and things get in there, and then you know it it absorbs stuff. You know, m minerals, vitamins, proteins. It you know takes you know not even proteins it's amino acids because we break all the proteins into amino acids and then we build proteins for our, for our muscles. 
it's, 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 it's a world in itself. I mean, it's, it's just, it's absolutely beautiful, the complexity of the human body. And everything is, is functioning through homeostasis. It's designed like that, just like a computer. You put it together, you put the wires, you put the do you turn it on, poop, and there it goes. It's operating. If the temperature goes too high, it stops functioning. If you take the electrical out, you don't feed it, it, it stops. And our body is like that. And our mind is like that. We have, we have a tendency to, you know, that's why we are so difficult. It's so difficult to change because our mind is as homeostatic or homeostatic as our body. We have a hard time changing the way we think. That's another reason why people don't go into that dark closet. Yeah, I agree. No, not only we don't want to change, but we're also afraid of what we're going to find in that void, in that chasm of the, of the mind. So it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a, it's a, that's, that's why I only think about that anymore. You know, an interesting thing, you know, this past week, you know, Hydro had another meetup. Uh, it was sort of odd, but it made me think about something. It was called Doomsday or something and talking about, you know, how different energies have come to exist and everything. And, you know, one thing that was mentioned inside of that was a hydrogen car. You know, and the thing is, to me, what happens too much in society is that, you know, unless there's profit in it, there's nothing else for it, you know. And I think the hydrogen car is one of those things that came about to be, it can be made readily. And the thing is, hydrogen can be easily used for a propellant or for an energy source for propelling vehicles. But the only thing is, uh, hydrogen, the way it comes, it's actually water. It goes back to water. Yeah. So, you know, the thing, what I was thinking in reference to what you were saying, you know, is I wonder what the impact of hydrogen has when we're drinking water in our body. Does it turn into an energy source that sort of creates heat that takes and, you know, yeah. living, you know, without water, without water, we cannot do anything. Right. We die. We die. As actually, if we die of uh, the lack of oxygen first. And then uh, the, if we have oxygen, the second one to kill us really quick is uh, dehydration. No water. Right. So Another that question. molecule, H2O, is the one that allows the very complex mechanism of uh, uh, the, the uh, metabolism. Metabolism is made of... Uh, Anabolic and catabolic. Anabolic makes things grow and catabolic makes things die. So, you know, because our, our, everything in us is constantly being born and dying. We, we think yeah, of us as a... As it happens a, momentarily every second or whatever. Yeah. So it, we have millions and millions of cells that are being born and millions and millions of being cells that are being dead, dying, completely dying. So anabolism, catabolism. And, and the metabolism, meta, which is, you know, the whole like meta thinking, metabolism yeah. is the whole system. But without water, without H2O, nothing happens. Right. Now, the thing is, you know, um, you know, one thing that I think about is like um, the air that we breathe, okay, is actually 75% nitrogen. And the amount of oxygen we actually take in when we breathe is a very small amount compared to the nitrogen that we inhale. 
Um, but the only thing is, I wonder what, they never talk about this, maybe you know something, what the nitrogen does for our system. It has to have some purpose. But it's so important, it's so important. You have no idea uh, if you're asking the question. Obviously, you don't, you don't know about the most important molecule in our body is NO, nitrogen, oxygen. It's called, uh, it has two names. It has two names. It's so important. It's what, it's what fixes, well, it is a molecule that goes through everything. It's like it travels. It travels through us like a, a neutrino travels through us. You know, there are neutrinos that, that come from, from space and they, they, they traverse everything. Well, NO, NO, uh, nitric oxide, that's what they call it, nitric oxide, but there's another name for that, is the most important molecule in our body. And it's made of nitrogen and oxygen. <laughs> and it's what regulates our blood pressure. It fixes, it fixes everything. It's a, it's, a, it's a little molecule that is always fixing stuff, broken stuff, uh, broken DNA, uh, stuff that is floating around that's dead, eliminates it. And it's without it, our blood pressure goes through the roof because that's the one that regulates the constriction of our uh, uh, arteries and, and veins. And not only that, but it also fixes the epithelium, which is the inside skin of the, of the veins and the arteries, which we treat very badly because we don't eat well, we eat all kinds of shit, uh, we have a lot of toxins inside, we don't exercise, we don't drink enough water, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. So NO, nitrogen and oxygen, the most important, most important uh, uh, other than water. As you can see, everything is important. We need nitrogen, we need oxygen, we need, uh, uh, we need uh, uh, fluor, fluoride, we need, we need everything. We need, you know, we need vitamin C, we need vitamin D, some of the stuff we make ourselves, some of the stuff we need from the environment. I mean, if I had to study something, I think I would study... Uh, uh, the, you know how the human body uh, functions. It's it's phenomenal. I mean, when you when you look into how the cell takes glucose and converts it into energy, for example, how do we make energy? Now we have little factories in our cells called mitochondria, and they they, they are a world in it, in themselves. They are like a little factory that takes glucose and converts it to ATP, which is what we use as energy, pure energy. I mean, there's it's like little miracles. We are, we're, we are, it's just incredible. Right. Oh, well. Um, what happened to Hyro? I don't know. Did I don't he know. What, you know? I wonder what Robin is today, too. Robin didn't show up. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of no-shows yeah. today. Ah. There he is. Okay, we need some more questions. Think <laughs> of some questions, Hyro. We need some more. Why, why is there evil? Well, that's an easy one. 
Who wants to answer that one? Well, for me, the thing is, evil is just part of the nature of mankind, period. <laughs> the thing is, you know, in seeking after the things that uh, we most desire, you know, sometimes evil comes about. Well, it's actually inborn into people, I think. Just as goodness is, you know. I mean, the thing is, I don't think people purposely search for evilness. But I think that, uh, you know, it comes about to be, period. You know, just like this thing with Bill Gates and, you know, he's looking for these, you know, one thing that never gets talked about are foundations in the United States. Because you go back and you look at all these rich people like, uh, like Rockefeller and Carnegie and now you got Gates and you got many of these other people that take and create foundations the thing is the foundations continue and they're loaded with money and these money that is in these foundations influences society in such a way that uh you know people have no idea you know i it, let me ask you a question to answer that question if we were all wise sages wise men wise women would there be any evil? Yep. There would be evil. Yep. Because what I, you uh, think is wise ask you, one thing, me. and what I think is wise is another thing. Okay. Now let's go ahead and define the word. What is wise? What is wise? wise? Conventionally wise, transcendentally wise, spiritually wise. So, but let's talk about the very, very wise. Okay. Who are they? You know, well, to me, if I had to define what was wise, wise is nonviolent above all. Because one is practical and he goes, I don't want to be violent to the other guy because I won't want the other one to be violent to me. Do unto others what uh, you want others to do unto you. I mean, a wise person is practical and is rational at the same time. So, uh, nonviolent. Well, do unto other thing, do unto others as you'd have others do unto you. The thing is, if you depends upon your your environment that you've grown up into, because the thing is, you know, one environment wisdom may be one thing, and in another environment wisdom is totally something else. Do you consider yourself a Christian? No, not per se. No, I don't look at myself as a Christian. But I believe because in what you what 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 you saying there? Now, I mean, if you believe as uh, in Jesus Christ as a historical figure. He was just no better than, uh, I don't know, Martin Luther King or, you know, uh, you know, uh, President, uh, President Kennedy. But that, these questions, see, when we ask about these questions, which are absolutely theoretical, why is there, you know, uh, evil? That's a theoretical question. You have to answer it from a theoretical standpoint. And in order to go into that theoretical world, you have to establish some, some, uh, demarcations what do we mean by evil what is evil to me is not evil to the other so if the what is evil to me is not evil to the other guy then there's no answer to the question uh non-applicable i'm not going to get into it <clears throat> if i don't if i don't try to delve into it with a solution in mind and that means a comprehensive approach where we can all agree where we're going with this and then i don't even go into it because it's, it's, it's a nonsensical question, and the answer is going to be nonsensical, too. 
So I don't think so. I don't think so because you know the thing is like um, you know Christianity is you know what most people believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins or for the evilness of mankind. I mean that's the way he's portrayed, and that there is the generally accepted definition of Christianity. Yeah, but, yeah I understand, but I don't. I, I don't well, want to discuss the the idea of Jesus. But I asked that question because. Uh, well, you know, he, he addresses, he addresses the, 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 the question of evil or violence or selfishness. Well, well, the thing is, when you use the question about wise or wise men, the thing is, Jesus Christ answered questions and put out information that went in variable different directions. So the applications are multiple. I mean, hugely multiple. So the thing is, it's just like what you're saying, perception. Everybody has one. Comprehension. The, the, so, so, so the answer that Buddha gives to, you know, for example, just to name, name, name another one that talks about evil and, and uh, you know, enlightenment and goodness, and, you know, and violence and all that, the middle way, blah, 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 is Buddha. That's the, the, in, in the Buddhist texts and in the, in the Vedanta texts, in the Hindu texts, they say evil comes from ignorance. Right. Let's talk about that. So ignorant would be the opposite of a sage, <laughs> right? But, you know, we have to define ignorance or sage. It doesn't matter. If we don't agree on the definition of the word, if we don't comprehend a solution, you and I will never agree on why there is uh, evil. It's, it's not going to happen. We need to build, we need to build an answer to the problem. Well, the thing is, the, the evilness is building the answer in itself, because the thing is, then the answer becomes fixed, and a person can no longer be flexible under different conditions. So the thing is, the evilness is actually in the fixation of a definition of a specific thing. I mean, it's yep, like we were talking before. <laughs> you know, yeah. you have you have an idea. I'm going to do this. Doesn't matter. I'm just going to go with it. That's my perspective. I'm going to stick with it. And then in the meantime, you're killing five million people. So, <laughs> yeah, well, just, just, look at, just look at this thing with Nancy Pelosi that I put on the chat thing. You know, the thing is that there is her perception of politics and her perception of politics is to say falsehoods, say things that are not true right. and prove them right. So I I'm going to throw this at you. Her, that is not evil. Okay. So then, then let me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus this question so very much because at the end of the day, you are a consciousness, a self-aware consciousness, and I am a self-aware consciousness. So this, this question applies to each one of these consciousnesses, yours and mine and anybody else's. So let's, re, let's reframe, let's reframe the, the, the question. Why is there evil in me? <laughs> I, I knew that answer for myself. I was born into it. Okay, so, 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 okay, so let's, let's, yeah, perfect. So I am evil because I suffered evil, right? I don't but think I suffered, I can't say I suffered at all. That well, yeah, I was, I was, I grew up in it. I grew up in evil. So that, I guess maybe suffer, if I use it biblically, I'd say, yeah, that's true. Because the thing is the translation and the understanding is, permitted it. I had no yeah. option but to permit it. Right. So, so you were, you were, you grew up in evil. Right. And, and that's why there is evil in you. 
Huh? It was also good too. You can't just say it was all specifically evil because everything... of course everything is a mixture of everything. Right. So, but at the end of the day, we're trying to to settle this question, you know. And also, the mind changes, the consciousness changes. So, is there evil in you today? Is there any evil? Yes, absolutely. Well, okay. So I can ask the question: Why? Since you can change, <laughs> and you're not in the same environment you grew up in, why do you still have evil in you? Or, but I'm not pointing a finger at you. I'm going. To, I'm pointing the finger at me. Because is there been... evil in me? Is there evil in me be, uh, because of the way I am now, the way I was ten minutes ago, three hours ago, five months ago, five years ago? Blah 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 blah. So. The question is, is there evil in me now? And if there is, what? Well, I think that's something everybody should be constantly searching for with inside themselves from the mm -hmm. time they're born until they die. And to think that they are ever free from evil of any sort, you know, I don't know that that could be true. Because... <laughs> Very good question. I say one can be free of evil. Well... That's, that's the way I feel, but that's me. Yeah. That's me. I think you can be freed from the evilness that, is, that has happened through you through understanding the essences of nature and of nature's existence. Right. And I think that that's, that's right. Uh, so, me, but so, so now, so now I, I, I generalize again. I generalize again. If there's no evil in me because I change and I think uh, no more evil. Whatever my history was, no more evil now. And I generalize. Huh? I would never proclaim that. Why? Because I, I don't know. Because, you know, the thing is, I don't know, you know, like I've learned that evil sometimes is a part of my um, environment that has been learned from the past, okay, that is always coming forth and teaching me in the future. So the thing is to say that I have no evil in me. I mean, that's sort of like saying the same thing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And now I no longer have sin. And a lot of people believe that. And the thing is, I think it's a misnomer. You know? Well, so my, my counter to, to your way of thinking, my way of thinking is in the human consciousness can be very evil or very sage. It's like a function to infinity on both sides. Infinitely stupid or nasty or evil. Let me ask you a question since you study Buddhism or whatever a lot. Uh, what is the definition for sage? All right. A sage. Well, I understand it's like a teacher or something. Yeah, a sage is a wise one, meaning not ignorant. What does he know that makes him not ignorant? What kind of knowledge does he have? So it is right? If ignorance is a lack of knowledge and sage is one very knowledgeable, what kind of knowledge does this guy have that makes him not ignorant? Well, the thing is, I guess it would be tend depend upon his own perception because I've seen this word sage, which has been around a while, you know, like sage dental, sage yeah. dental, which is okay. these people so, in their dental profession or... Right. No, I understand what you're saying. And I always say, just look at yourself. Don't ask about other guys. Just ask for yourself, by yourself, within yourself, for yourself. Meaning that what is sage to me? What is knowledge? 
what is ignorance and only you can decide that don't 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 use other people to answer the question for you maybe you can use other people as intel data you know well, look at that guy look what look what he, but you can but you cannot goodness. have others answer the question for you that's for sure well the thing is my own wisdom or my own sage would be constantly being revealed i don't look at being closed to say that hey you know i'm at a point of hey i'm at super wisdom or something like that because every day what? i think and learn something new yeah well however it feels to you is the answer to the question you only you can answer that question for yourself you cannot yeah. have somebody else tell you what is wise way is not because you're going to tell well it depends but you cannot keep saying it depends it depends it depends it depends on what Bob? it's going to have to depend on you and your history and your and, and your present and and try to come up with an answer because if not you're completely nihilist it's like it is what it is whatever i don't i don't give a crap and I i'll never the, know anyway the thing it is what it is and the thing is when you say i don't give a crap in a way that's sort of true because uh you know, I mean, it, it, and if, if that's your answer, that's your answer. I mean, and nobody's yeah. going to change that. It, it's up to you. You are in charge. You drive your own car. You know, when you're doing Uber, you're driving the car. When you think about these things, you're driving your own car. You see, I don't look at it that way at all. And that's the difference between you and me. Because the thing is, when I get in my car, I don't know what I'm going to experience that day. Whether I'm going to experience a really good day or with all kinds of people that don't talk. Or I'm going to experience somebody that talks that uh, you know is filled with information or yeah. what i don't know how, i don't know how the day's going to treat me and i don't try to pretend that i do know it you know just like the other day when i'm talking about this pandemic thing i watched this video one day and the next day i'm out there and i picked this guy up this guy was over in okoe and he was at a medical facility and i had a hard time finding him but i finally found him and anyway he was in a walker and this guy could hardly walk i mean he was a black man and, um, you know, the thing is, it was really sort of interesting. He got in the car and I started talking to him, especially about this pandemic thing as to what, what's going on and, you know, what, you know, what the vision is for this thing. And he says, yeah, he says, I know. He says, you know, in Africa, he says, in Africa, they use uh, these people, black people, as uh, experiments, you know. And he says, you talk about Bill Gates. He says, There's, he's got to be the worst person in the world there ever was because he's you know, taking and using black people as an experiment. And even now you're hearing these overtones of, well, the black community has more problems. More people are sick and dying from COVID than, you know, anything else. And there's also an overtone of, well, that's where we need to start the vaccine. Well, the thing is a lot of these vaccines that they come out with, they kill more people than they actually cure. And the thing is that there is part of the problem. But I was surprised to, to all of a sudden come across this man on this ride this one day regarding that because I had just seen this movie the day before and here we are talking with two different uh, perspectives from two different environments that brought us together to be seen in the same focus. It's sort of like what you mentioned before with the, with the lady coming from two different spots. Me and this yeah. guy were made in touch with each other about this whole thing. Listen, I need to go. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm turning into a pumpkin, but... Um... Uh, I I would finish this this uh, always beautiful conversation we have on on Saturdays. I would finish by saying I have given myself the freedom to decide what I know. <laughs> and I it, yeah I, I I give myself There's the freedom, no freedom to. I mean your freedom is limited. 
Well, no, I, I even give myself the freedom to think, no, this is real freedom. And, and who's going to tell me uh, the contrary? So I have allowed myself to free myself, no matter what anybody says. And wow. since it is my decision, and I feel good about it, it it's right. just a very good feeling to go, uh, I'm driving the car, and I take the left when I want to, and I take the right when I want to, if I can. If I cannot, well, I'll, take a, I'll, I'll stop, or I'll make a U-turn. But whatever I do, I am in complete control of my own thoughts. And if I say so, who's going to tell me not so? Who's going to say, well, it depends because you live in Orlando, so your thoughts are different than if you live in Copenhagen. And so anybody can always find... something different. You're talking about having complete... uh, You you don't believe any outside sources have anything to influence your life except for you you're the one that control and influence your life. i am i am life so you know when i think about that i am life looking at itself through this consciousness so i i've given i've given this consciousness me yeah. i myself or whatever or reality the the total, total freedom to think what it, it, it does and decide accordingly and right. think it's beautiful like you know when god made the, the world it says he said it was good. <laughs> when I think, I say, this is good. When I do, I say, this is good. But I, I don't just say it. I'm looking at what I'm doing. I'm thinking, I'm perspectivizing, and I'm thinking like, yeah, this is good. Uh, and, you know, and, and that's, that's it. I give myself the freedom to be free. And nobody can take that away from me. So, good. This is good. When you mean this is good, you're saying that this uh, has uh, qualified as being non-evil. Right. Yeah, people around me, I don't, I, I don't see them frowning, frowning at me. I see them smiling. That's they, good. You know, most of the time, they're, they're okay with, with me. I, I, I don't see people mad at me. I, I see people that are mad at the world no matter what, but I, I know the difference. You know, a toxic person, like an OCPD person, is never happy. No matter what you do, it's always wrong because, you know, you're not perfect. Right. So I, I know how to distinguish when I cause pain. Uh, even when I'm managing, I say, no, we have to do it this way, and the person doesn't like it. Why do you cause pain to people? Huh? Why do you cause pain for people? Uh, why or how? Yeah. Like if I'm managing at the company and I say, we have to do this and somebody doesn't agree with it, I know it, it pains them. But since I'm in charge and I have to make the decision how to tell them, listen, I understand that you don't agree with me, so I agree in disagreeing. So you and I have to I have to make the call. So I'm right. doing this. And if you don't like it, it is it is what it is. I mean I'm sorry. I'm not doing this to make you suffer. Right. You suffer because you don't agree with what I'm doing, but somebody put me in charge and I have to I have to take a right here. Sorry. Right. It's like, you know, so I- everything that I do is with good intention. It's, I, I, it's, li- it's deliberate. There's something and, and when I do something, as far as I'm concerned, I do it with good intention. I eat well, I brush my teeth, I, I, you know, I use a floss, I exercise, I do what I need to do, I take care of my stuff, I, I try not to procrastinate too much to the best of my ability and everybody else's ability. So I, I interact with myself, because I know that I'm reality looking at itself, with all the freedom that I can give myself, because if I rely on others to, to think for me, it's a big claustrophobic trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't ever try to think for you. Oh. Life is a fight 
between good and evil. I I would end with this Zoom meeting with the word which is autotelic. Autotelic. And, and the definition of the world is something that makes self, something that makes self by itself for itself with itself. And and maybe we can talk about that in the next meeting. Am I autotelic? How, can I be autotelic? What does it mean for reality as a whole? What does it mean for an individual? What does it mean for the collective? Autotelic. So a coherent from within, comprehensive from within. Or we can talk. We can talk about the uh, self-determination theory. That's another beautiful uh, uh, subject that has a lot to do with uh, autotelic uh, thinking, uh, yeah. self self-freedom. Right. That's a good topic. Well, there you have it. This is always yeah, a pleasure here. Sounds good. Now I'm gonna do some some. Stuff. I don't know exactly what I'm gonna do, but I know I'm gonna do stuff. <laughs> hey, I've been doing stuff here. <laughs> okay, take, take care, guys. It was a pleasure. Have, okay. a, have a great weekend and a, and a great week. We'll see you Saturday. Good, good conversation. Thank you. Always. Bye. Well, wait, wait, Cairo. So, so, what's your definition of evil? My definition of evil? Yeah. I don't know that I have one. I mean, there's... <laughs> oh, you better look at the, the origin of the word evil. Is it Greek or Latin? Um, you know, the th thing is evil is, is a perception. Um, that uh, you know, we we create, you know, from our own minds. I mean, period. Evil is just like good is a perception too. Things that make us feel, but evil, I guess, is things that make us feel bad. You know, if you were to take and classify it on a specific definition, it's hard to say. You know, what causes evil? That that's a whole other thing. You know, just like this this thing I posted right on here about Nancy Pelosi. I mean. The thing is, many people think that, you know, that she's doing the right thing by, you know, coming down on Trump, you know? But the people on the other side say, hey, you know, well, that's that's pretty evil because of the fact that uh, she has no substance about it. And then we look at what her agenda is, what her politics is, it's a thing of, um, you know, falsehoods, lies. So to me, a lie, I guess, is evil. When people speak lies, and lies more to themselves, but the thing is people oftentimes believe the truth is a lie. I mean, a lie is a truth and the truth is a lie. That there, it, it comes back and the evilness comes back on the person that's observing it and taking part in it, you know? Because as far as evil happening to others, it's an individual thing, you know? It's an individual perception. So, you know, just like with, Nancy Pelosi doing, you know, their agenda, the way they mirror things and the way they, um, you know, contort, distort, this is nothing new. It goes back, it goes back to Greek times, you know, and, you know, the people the that Bible. control are, it goes back to the Bible that? with 
with it goes back to the Bible with the the Genesis and the the tree of of knowledge of good and evil, right? Yeah, right. But the thing is, in the middle of the tree of good and evil, it is the other tree, the tree of life. The tree of life is the tree of understanding. So, ends both the good and the evil. Then they're sitting in the tree of life. And Louis, he actually, you know, sits in that tree to a certain way. Only thing is, he don't believe in any that there's any influence in outside sources. Whereas I do. I think that there's a, a force on the outside of the individual that is there that influences uh, things to come. Because when evil begets evil, evil things happen, whether they're in a person's life or in a government life. Um, evil gives birth to itself the same way as goodness does the same thing. And I think that nature talks in its own way. Like I say, just like in this COVID thing, there's been a lot of people that have been out there talking about different therapies that when it comes down to it, the science world they say hey those therapies are no good but yet on the other hand when you hear the testimony of the doctors that are providing it and the people that are getting it they say it's very very good and it cured them from the covid so the thing is because it hasn't been processed according to the fda which was is a, to me a very evil organization in itself because a lot of the things that they allow are not very good for the consumption of mankind period it causes many many problems that are fixed through once again the drugs and everything that they control to take and make you better so it becomes a you know a totally profit organization to where they want to take and control capitalists want to take and control your life as to what you what you think what you eat what you how you're healed everything they don't want you to have a mind of your own to be able to take and see what is happening around you see the birds that are flying to know the know uh, herbs that may heal you the thing is especially yourself being of an eastern type of uh, philosophy i mean the thing is they depend upon a lot of eastern people depend solely upon herbal remedies for all kinds of things and this thing with the covid 19 is totally against that as a matter of fact their plan is to destroy it they want all herbal supplements to not even exist i mean that's their goal but i don't know that's just me i I'm one that I like to enjoy and see different things and how different things apply to life, you know. So, anyway, that's me, Hyrule. So, I think I'm going to get going too and leave you be. Um, so, okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll see you all next week. Uh, you doing anything this next week? You got any meetups going? Uh, and, uh, I didn't set up any in the weekdays, but I'm going to try to uh, go to the one on Wednesday uh, to, comprehend. To, uh, to learn more about comprehensivism. Yeah. I think it's in 52 something living. Uh-huh. I think you're in. Do you have do you have a meet a meetup on Wednesday? No, I haven't done that meetup in a while. Um, you know, uh, I'm just to the point to where, you know, I'm not so certain. You know, what I want to deal, how I'm going to deal with this. You know, because there's just so many things that are out there. You know that uh, 
you know, I I don't know what to talk about right now. You know, mm. when I see something, I post it. I say something, um, but I, uh, I don't have no organized, you know, format for for anything at the moment. You know, mm. okay. but there's a lot of confusion and a lot of things that are happening in our society that. I, I think need to be addressed and need to be talked about, but it just seems like society and the people don't want to talk about them. So, you know, I guess it sort of leaves me in a place where I'll join in when I can, when I see something interesting. You know, like I say, just like this fact, when you guys had that last meetup, you know, you were talking about basically that one video was all about doomsday and about, you know, atomic energy and all these other different things. And, we never really talked about that at all in that meetup but uh you know i found it really interesting because the thing is our society is headed towards you know this idea of uh, the green new deal you know where they're looking at solar energy but the thing is solar energy is merely a profit thing for a lot of people in government i mean they're going to make billions and billions of dollars off of this at the expense of people without people even thinking about it Solar energy has been around for a long time. Solar energy to take and heat water heaters and keep the water in the house. I mean, it's so easy to do. But the thing is, you go into they charge so much money. If a person puts all that crap on their roof and then they get a roof leak, they got to change the roof, then they got to pull it all off in 10, 15 years, and then what good is all that stuff? They have to put it all back. All this stuff costs money that a lot of people don't have. You know, it's not very reasonable to do a lot of these things. Even though they make it sound like, oh yeah, you can, this is good, but that's that's sales, salesmanship. That's what happens. We're all being sold bill of goods right now without any reality in it. So it's a shame. But anyway, the thing is, the guy's going to be really prospering. I think next year is probably uh, Luis and a lot of people dying. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Thank you. We'll see you later. Okay. okay, hang in there. Yeah, you Keep do the same. Safe. Keep thinking. Wow.